Hey, business building warrior. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got what I think might be of the 750 plus episodes that we've recorded so far, one that's going to be one of the all-time favorites for a few different reasons. This episode is, it's longer than many of our other episodes. I considered putting it into two parts, but I thought, no, let's just, you know, people can pause it and listen to more later if they need to. The first several minutes, I would say 45 minutes or so of this episode is a very heartfelt conversation with one of the great leaders in our community who has, as you probably read in the title and description, he's built a beautiful business using the Replens system, specifically online arbitrage. Okay. So he's built a $3 million business. He only has a couple people managing his entire operation. He's not using a prep center. He's doing all his own prep. He has a few virtual assistants playing some different key roles, but the real heart of what he's built is software that right now we're calling the system. You can go to silentgym.com slash the system to get some more details, to get signed up for the notification. Or if it's launched by the time you hear this, you can see if that's something you want to do yourself. But he's built this beautiful, robust business. He just took a couple weeks vacation with his family to Europe, didn't even check his statistics while he was gone. He's really dialed in the process here. The replens game has matured to the point now where there's a system that's been built that can be put into the hands of a competent, determined, blood, sweat, and tears required business building warrior, but the system works. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But the first 45 minutes or so of our conversation was a very transparent discussion about the loss of his son, which happened just a few months ago. You're going to talk about his young son. He's got three kids and he speaks from the heart and uh, he identifies some of the flaws that he found in himself going through that process. And we thought this was very valuable content to share with the community simply because it's real, it's raw, it's transparent, which is one of my favorite rules and laws of leadership is be transparent, tell people what's really going on, speak from the heart. He does that today. But the beautiful thing is he's been able to maintain his family relationships, be there with his family and keep building his business while he's gone through this season. And you'll love the lessons, the spiritual journey that he's been on. If for some reason you don't want to hear all of that, like I said, you can jump forward about 45 minutes or so, and you're going to hear the meat and potatoes of the system that's been built. It completely automates. I mean, check this out. Here's one of the features that you've probably never even considered this before. What if you had software that was constantly monitoring all of your old ASINs, any of them that you've ever sold against, and saying, hey, Here's one that you need to pay attention to again. It's time to take a look at this one again. It's time to go buy a few units of this one because it just hit the metrics that we had in mind. Constantly monitoring, making the whole check-in system simpler for you as you're checking in your product inventory, getting it back out the door, getting it up for sale. It's an incredible system that's to the point, one of the observations we make at the end of the episode today is we think this is going to tip many businesses over the edge of becoming a transferable asset that could be sold to another business owner. You haven't seen a lot of that with Replens model businesses. This software, I predict, will be making that possible for those who are interested for whatever reason, health reasons, maybe they're ready to retire, step away, sell the asset that they built. Another owner can step right in, click a few buttons, take over the account. Boom, now it's your business with a team completely running the whole thing. Replens has matured to that point, and I think a lot of people are going to benefit in a big way. He sees online arbitrage. I'm talking about our guest today. Kang Dang is his name. He, he sees online arbitrage as something that uh, is 
got such beautiful margins, why would he possibly not be doing this model? He speaks very matter-of-factly and very frankly about it. And we're excited to get you into the system. So again, silentgym.com slash the system. It's not going to be expensive. You're going to have to know how to run a replens business, getting the proven Amazon course training, going through the replens models and understanding all the different facets of what a testworthy ASIN is. What's it like to run this business? You need to know those things. This isn't a set it and forget it system that we're talking about here. You need to learn the basics. You could get coaching. There's a link at silentgym.com to talk to us about coaching, or you could go through the proven Amazon course modules about replens. Either way, once you know the basics, man, you're ready to get into this thing. The good, the cool thing is we've got hundreds and hundreds of people at this point, probably thousands. We've interviewed hundreds of successful students of this system, the replen system. Now, these are all people who are ready to step into a software program that really ups the ante on this whole model. And I'm super excited to show it to you today. Kang will be with his wife and family at the Proven Conference in May of 2024. Just another great reason that you absolutely must be with us in Orlando. We will have live stream options available to you if you simply can't be there. So you can be sure to capture all the great content. We're going to have over 40 breakout sessions at the conference. And Kang's going to be one of the featured presenters, along with many great leaders on our team who have also built beautiful businesses. You want to get details on that at The Proven Conference. Three words, theprovenconference.com. Tickets aren't on sale as I'm recording this, but they soon will be in early 2024. Plan to join us May 23rd through 25th in Orlando, Florida. All right, so a little bit more about Kang. If you weren't aware, he's been on our show a couple times before. We referenced that. We'll stick links in the show notes to his other appearances. But he was running a very healthy nine-figure Yes, nine-figure business, and he stepped away so he could spend some time with his family. Little did he know at the time, a couple of years ago, when he made that decision, that he would only have about a year and a half left with his son before he'd lose him. And he remains to this day very grateful for that time that he did get. That's all part of his story now. Such an incredible, emotional, spiritually uplifting, and yes, very practical and exciting business story for you today. One of my all-time favorites. We've got some really good episodes in the past 750 plus shows, but man, this is a good one. I think it's going to hit you in the heart and get you excited at the same time, make you grateful for those things you have, the people you have, the people around you that love you. As we're approaching the Christmas season, if you're watching this live, Merry Christmas, Business Building Warrior. If you're watching this right when it comes out, we're approaching Christmas of 2023. And I'm predicting right now, 2024 is going to be the biggest, most exciting year for us as e-commerce business building warriors. Amazon's going to get better. Walmart opportunity is going to get bigger and better. Those of us playing on eBay, I mean, we're going to do $20,000 this month on eBay. And that's just kind of a side thing for us. So many exciting things happening in this community. So many opportunities. Love having you be a part of it. But I hope and pray for you and yours that this Christmas season is simply beautiful and just a blessing for you in every way. But let's jump over and spend some time with Kang. Like I said, this is a longer episode. Do I want to pause it, come back to it later? First 45 minutes or so of pretty personal stuff. I think you'd be pretty impressed by uh, the heart of what you're about to hear. Let's jump over and get Kang on the show now. Enjoy. So Kang, welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Well, a lot has happened since you were here last time, and uh, I'm super excited to dive in and, and hear your version of the story, man. Let's go. 
Yeah, a lot has happened. But so just a, a quick recap. I like to do these recaps. This is the third time I've been on. So a lot of people don't know me. But, you know, I started back in 2020, uh, December 2020, you know, made my first sale on Amazon. And uh, first year we did really well. We uh, almost cracked a million doing RA in OA uh, in there. And then the second year, we kind of ventured off into uh, wholesale, did um, about a million and a half or so second year. And now we're on that third year. And we started noticing that while wholesale is, is good, we said that, you know, let's kind of revisit our, our OA to see if it makes sense to kind of add it back. And while doing that, we found so many lost opportunities by not doing OA uh, that we added it back. And, you know, that along with a few new things like branded bundles, we're probably going to get close to uh, $3 million this year depending on how the, the rest of December comes out. But uh, nevertheless, the, at least double, probably close to double what we did the year before. So That's amazing. Here we are, middle of December, you know, just to give people a point of reference of 2023. And you talk about possibly hitting 3 million for the year. <laughs> Predominantly OA, online arbitrage replan system uh, with some branded bundles in the mix. And, mm-hmm. and we've talked a lot, you and I have, and, and about a lot of subjects, but I just want to pause just even now as I'm considering, like, that's a big OA business. <laughs> that's a lot of ASINs. That's mm-hmm. quite a system. And I can't wait to dive into how you've done it with a relatively small team as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And and that was the challenge of, of kind of like the year number two, why we wanted to get away from doing OA is because it's just, it's just so many ASINs. And there's it was uh, kind of a logistical nightmare to having to deal with all these micro transactions. So I see with wholesale, you can just place like a, I mean, really, you have a big enough vendor, you can place a $100,000 order in one shot. But, you know, with OA, the, the margins are fantastic with OA. It's, it's just that you have to place so many little transactions to get there, so many ASINs. And that was kind of like the, the, the initial reason why we were like, ah, you know, it's like, you know, it's kind of messy and I don't know how to deal with it. You know, so many spreadsheets and so many like receipts scattered all over the place. And, you know, we did wholesale. We kind of took a break from OA second year. And then, you know, towards the end of the second year, we we're like, you know, if I had, I, I did this much in wholesale, if I had added OA back, what would this business be like? And that was kind of like the transition why we kind of doubled in our business, right? It's we, we brought OA back, but we did it in a more manageable way. And I'll talk about that uh, in a bit. But, you know, to, to, continue uh, uh you know with with my story is that things are <laughs> things have been going really well in the Amazon business and it's always gone well for me it's, it's kind of weird how I look back and it was just like uh my life was almost kind of like scripted like I just felt like everything I wanted to accomplish I was able to do it and it, it's weird it's almost like it's just gone my way always and uh, I've always like I was always kind of like a planner, you know. I, I've always planned my life out. Like when I was little, I was like, you know, like six or seven. I already mapped out what my life was going to be like, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, I said I was, I'm going to uh, graduate, you know, from college at a certain age. I did it exactly, not one semester over. I said I know who I'm going to meet and and marry the type of girl I wanted to meet, and I met that exact woman you know, had the exact amount of kids that I wanted at the right time. I said I wanted to be a millionaire by 
30. I accomplished that through my previous business. I've done everything according to plan. And I even got, um, I would say, to the point of uh, a delusion where I was like saying that, uh, you know, when my my, uh, my wife, uh, we, we were having our first child. And I was like, well, you know, what do you want? You know, we always ask the normal question. You want a girl? You want a boy? Like, what do you want? And we both unanimously said girl. And uh, we had a girl. And the second one came out. And uh, I said, what do you want? You know, she said, oh, I've never had a sister. I'd love her for her, Lena, to have a sister. We had a second one with a girl. And then the last third one, you know, you know, I took a look at my wife. Like, you want a boy, right? Uh, she's like, yeah, of course. We want a boy now. <laughs> and this is the delusional part, right? I actually bought a book that says how to, how to select your gender, right? And it shows you like all, all kinds of ways that you're supposed to do whatever kind of, you know, what you're supposed to eat and all, all kinds of medicine. You know what? I got a boy, right? So maybe it worked, right? I will never know. I <laughs> will never know. Wow. And, um, so it brought a, a level of, I would almost call it arrogance about me that I felt like I could do whatever I want. I could accomplish whatever I wanted. And not until recently, our family had a very difficult situation where I lost my son. He was four. And let me tell you that <laughs> this boy, and let me tell you, it's, he, he was everything to me. Like he was like a lot of parents, you know, we joke around. We ask parents sometimes, we're like, which one's your favorite? You know, and, and it's kind of like a dirty joke, you know, which, which child's your favorite, right? And it was, you know, the normal response, like, oh, I can't choose between my kids. I love them all. And of course, I, every parent's love all their kids, but I, I will say without shame, this boy was my favorite. Just his personality is just out of this world. I've never met, like, a kid that, when I first learned about uh, the five love languages, right? What is it? Uh, words of affirmation, uh, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, physical touch, right? I learned about that. And I, the person that taught me that asked me, which one is yours? And I had to think for a long time. I was like, man, I don't know which one I am. I don't like any of those things, right? I was like, man, am I really a, like a heartless, <laughs> cold person? Like, I, I don't have any of those. And then I finally thought, oh, wait, no, no, no. I do like one, quality time. That's how I share my love with everyone, quality time. So I, I redeemed myself from being a, a, a rock. But this boy here, let me tell you, he got all five. I've never met a person that was that just like the words, I love you, rolled off his tongue so easily. You know, he would just run up to you, give you a just the most precious hug and say, I love you, daddy. You know, for out of nowhere, he would just do that. And every single thing he was so affectionate so like he would just love to hug and and you know he was so goofy and super intelligent and 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 that's the reason why i say you know personality wise he was my favorite and when i lost him i mean what do you do what do you do when you lose a child like that right not only any child that is already so painful but what, what do you do when you lose a child that you just adore so much um I mean, how can you even call a four-year-old my like your best friend that he was? He was like my best friend. I hung out with him every day and all the time. Any chance I got, it was just so fun to be around. And that brings me back to like when you it caused the caused me to think a lot during these last five months or so um, about what I really relied on in life. It's was it 
skill that got me all these things? Was it, was I, was I like prophetic, you know, like that I named everything that I got? Or was it really arrogance, you know, that I felt like, yeah, it's all me, right? And this is coming from a person that at the time claimed to be a Christian, right? I grew up Roman Catholic. My dad was, still is, like extremely hardcore about being a Catholic. And I always grew up with that, right? I always believed in God, but I only called on him when I needed him, you know? And I realized, I, I, I kind of posed the question for myself after this incident is, like, who really sits on the throne of your life, mm. right? And a lot of us, you know, we, we, we say we're Christians and we love God and everything, but when we wake up, who do we really serve? Do we serve him or do we serve ourselves? You know, and for me, I'm not judging you, but for me, I served myself, right? Everything was about me, my family, my business, my friends, my money. Uh, and then when I needed God, I just called God, right? It's like it's all my friend. He didn't sit on that throne, you know? Um, so that was the biggest realization for me, kind of like almost a slap in the face. And, and, and I said, oh, you know what? I just went down the wrong path for a really long time. And that's when I kind of started to really seek out to God. And I said, you know, I mean, like, you really need it. <laughs> like, if any time you ever need God, that's like, for me, this is now, right? And, uh, and it's funny. It's like, when you earnestly seek out to God, he starts to answer you. Yeah. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's a C.S. Lewis quote. I think maybe someone else that could be misquoting here, but something along the lines of how God whispers in our victories and mm. he shouts in our pain. Mm. And it, it just how much easier it is to, to if, you, if you choose to seek him, which was what I, you know, I, I took part of this journey with you as a friend. And, and I know a lot of the story that listeners don't know today, you know, because we've talked numerous times uh, about this scenario. Mm. But the, the, the thing I had going on inside of my head when this first went down is I was really praying man, let this bring them closer to you, God, not push them away from you and just uh, run, you know, the bitter, I've seen bitterness because uh -huh. you got a choice to make. And it's not like you can kind of choose both. It's like you run in one direction or the other, you run to God or you run away from him in these moments. Right. And just to see you guys take that journey and embrace and the transparency you're sharing today, man, I haven't heard you use that word arrogance and you've used it a couple of times. <laughs> and, and man, that I appreciate the transparency. I think this is going to speak, you know, because this is an e-commerce podcast, but e-commerce business can't be done outside of the sphere of the reality of the lives we lead and the families we have and the people we love. And those all get integrated in. Uh, so there's, there's, there's no real agenda here today from my vantage point of like, you know, oh, we're going to preach to everyone today. This is a business podcast. Business is done within the, the that's a word I just kind of came up with, the sphere of the relationships that we all maintain with people that are important to us. So this is all part of it because you were able to maintain your spiritual walk, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your daughters, your business through this pain. It hasn't been mm -hmm. easy. But there's lessons there for us because we're all going to have pain at some point. Maybe not like the pain you've had, but that, that's just another reason why I call business builders of any kind warriors. It's a battle, man. You're, you're fighting to keep a plane in the air while you're dealing with everything else that everyone else has to deal with all day, every day. 
And uh, it's just, uh, I have a great deal of admiration for how you and your wife have handled this and and for the journey you're on. And it's been several months. It hasn't been a year yet, right? It's been several uh, months. Five months. Yeah. Wow. And, um, you know, it's five months. It feels like it's, I mean, just the internal battle, it feels like it's been years. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, the, the reason I really like to share is because we can't really think business is just business, right? Business Business and life, there it, it all gets mixed in, you know. And um, all of us at some point will have to deal with some kind of challenge like this. You know, the way I like to think about it is, um, you know, the death rate on this planet is 100%. <laughs> so at some point, you're going to have to deal with it. Um, either it's you or somebody you love, right? And the the key thing here is, you know, how to handle, you know, how to keep navigating your business through all these challenges. and. For me, I can only share my perspective. I don't have the answers for everyone. But um, at least if I I felt like if I were to share my story, and I know I'm not alone. I know there's a bunch of business building warriors out there that are suffering at the same time I am, dealing with their own grief and their own problems. And maybe this might help them, you know? Um, I'm sure it will. And the fact that, that you had a heart to even bring this to us. I mean, you, by by all rights, you should have just said, you know what, I'm I'm taking a few years off. I got some money in the bank. See you in three years, right? No one would have held it against you. Well, I think the reason I'm sharing a lot is because, like I said, when you reach out to God, He, he talks back, and earnestly, when you speak out to Him, He'll call, He'll talk back. And this is the one thing that I heard when I seeked out to God. And I said, you know, of course, the first question of any grieving parent is, why? Why right. Why is this? Why are you doing this? Right? And the funny thing is, my wife actually asked me, like, were you ever upset? Like, were you ever mad at God? And I said, no. Actually, no, I wasn't. And that's weird. I don't know why I never was, but I just never was. I just accepted it and 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 kind of, like, reconnected with the father that I haven't spoke to in, like, 20 years. Right? And I asked them, I said, you know, God, why are you doing this? And I don't know how to explain it, but it's not an audible response, but it's almost as just as good that I felt, you know, inside of me when I asked that question. And I felt like I heard the words, wait and see. Mm -hmm. Keep your eyes open. Wait and see. Right. It stuck with me. That, that it just instantly when I asked him that, it just responded. Like he just responded like wait and see you know keep your eyes open and i kept those words with me for a while and and, uh, i shared it with my wife i said i don't know what this means but he said okay wait and see and and it's funny it's like it's like having sometimes i felt like i had an open dialogue with god like you know i'll share a funny story uh i i uh one of the days I had a weak moment and i said i prayed to god i said god i can't hear you right now like where are you i need you like i can't feel you. I can't hear you. I need you today. You know, I was having a hard moment. And uh, I went to work, put on a um, a YouTube video. And no, I was not watching while I was driving. I like to listen to YouTube I, sometimes when I, uh, I drive. And uh, it was, I just clicked on a, a random video. And uh, the it was a pastor said, uh, okay, before we get into our interview, he was interviewing uh, a gentleman. And he said, before we get into our interview, uh, let's say a word of prayer. And uh, he said, uh, you know, uh, Heavenly Father, for those of you that um, are praying to you right now saying, where are you? I can't feel you today. 
can access I call those divine appointments, man. I've got so many stories like that. Yeah. yeah. And it was just, I, I, I just felt like, okay, okay, God is really with me. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but there's so many like that. There was, like, I, I don't have time to tell you, but there's just so many like little situations like that during these last five months where I felt like I had an open dialogue with God. But to cut to the chase, you know, I seek, and when I seek the wisdom of, like I said, God, why are you doing this? And he told me to keep my eyes open, just wait and see. So to give you a little background, uh, when I've known my wife for 22 years and married her for 15. And she supported me. She supported my faith, whatever I wanted. You know, she's a, a lovely woman. She she supported me. And, and when we, we got married, she said, you know, we'll get married at church. But, hey, I, I grew up agnostic. I don't know if I can believe in God, but whatever. You know, go with the flow, right? I uh, got married in a church. She got baptized. And, uh, the whole shebang, right? She she supported me through the, the whole thing. And every time we go to church, she would tell me, she was like, honestly, I'm just hoping it was over. You know, that was a long hour. You know, but whatever, you know, I'm here. And 20, it's like 22 years I've known her. That was the kind of like the standpoint, you know, and whenever I talk about God, it was just kind of like, yeah, okay, well, you know, life's good. What I need God for, you know, and almost instantaneously without any effort for me, when, when we lost our son, she's, she came to me and she says, I finally given my heart to the Lord. Right. Mm. And she ran to the father instead of. Getting mm -hmm. bigger. Mm -hmm. And I just watched her blossom through her faith. I mean, just like with no effort of mine. Like, I didn't do anything. Right? And, <laughs> and I was like, wow. I just asked God why instead wait and see. Keep your eyes open. And look at, look, look at what happened. You know? So. That's amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you guys are closer. You're closer to God. You mm -hmm. know? I'm sure given the choice, you'd love to have your son back. But look what's happened as a result. And you know, yeah. and it's, I think it's bigger than either one of us can actually calculate right now because we, you know, we've spent several minutes now, and this is a business podcast again, but we're talking about a spiritual journey after the loss of a child. What's that about? I think there's a lot of people listening right now, and this is what they needed to hear today more than, hey, here's a replens tip on how to find more profitable inventory at, you know, store well, X. You know, we're going to get to that. I just want to emphasize again, Kang, before you continue your story. We recognize here that business is not done in isolation and some little thing you put on the shelf and take off the shelf every day. If you're a business owner, it impacts every area of your life. Uh -huh. And this is not only going to fuel you as a business leader, I think there's a lot of other people out there who are getting a, uh, a priority adjustment today, a reminder today, just how blessed they are to have the flexibility they have to be with the people they love, even when businesses dip in a little bit, you know, they what a tremendous, how, how much gratitude we should have for the time we live in, for the kind of opportunities we get to enjoy are even possible, mm -hmm. right? Because you get to be around those, the ones that you love and you, you did have that time, Because right? you don't have to go back too far in time to some of the other episodes where you were on, you know, discussing these things with us, you know, in passing at the time, but just, man, I get to be around my kids now, right? And you were celebrating that. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, I was so um, grateful, and I still am so grateful for for, for this business, and um, and that's kind of like the reason why you guys really need to think about like why are you doing this business? It's not, I mean, there's there's all kinds of ways to make money, you know. There's there's, but the freedom and the flexibility, and I stand by this still, is just it's like no other, 
you know, like that I can be wherever I want to be, do whatever. I just took a two week vacation to to Europe Mm -hmm. Um, and my business still chugged along and still grew and still things are still selling. I didn't even check my account for two weeks. I didn't even care. Like I came back. I'm like, oh, wow, numbers look great. So that's the, the beauty of once you get this business, a system to where it needs to be, it kind of runs itself. And it's just, it's just a wonderful thing. And you can't be more blessed than, than what we're doing, to be honest. But, you know, uh, you have to know how to navigate because there's so many things in business that could just sabotage you. I hear you, Jim, you talk about this all the time. Like, you can sabotage your business so quick. Like, for me, like, what happened to me, I could have, like, lit a, a, a torch under this business and just let it crumble, right? Through what happened to me. I could have just been like, I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. Uh, liquidate everything. I don't care, right? And I could have done that. Um, yeah. But the spiritual lesson there is how hard it is to build things and how easy it is to destroy them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, the, the thought experiment one of my mentors gave one time on this topic, I really appreciated it, was he said, you can talk to a room full of people and say, quick, think of 10 different ways you could completely ruin your life and destroy your future. Mm-hmm. And we could all list them out very quickly. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you have an affair. I could, you know, spend all the money in my bank. I could, you know, do something really stupid in my car, drive, you know, 200 mile an hour. And, you know, it's like instantly 10 different things fill your head. I could destroy my life. Now, here's the challenge. Think of 10 things you could do to dramatically improve your life. Mm-hmm. That's harder. <laughs> You got to take some time to think about that one. Like, hmm. Because everything on that list, you're like, why am I not doing that? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like this self-analysis, self-evaluation. But that's what we as business builders are always doing is tamping down those things that could take us under mm-hmm. and doing more of those things that improve and take us on a better trajectory. And that's what we see all the time, Kane. Building a business, I don't care what the business is. It's going to require anything worth having for that matter. Blood, sweat, tears, risk, sacrifice, work, patience, like all that goes into it, right? All these virtues, you need all of them. And Mm -hmm. and that's, again, another reason why we call people warriors. There's a thousand ways to blow up a business. Why spend time on a podcast talking about that? We want to talk about what it takes to actually keep it going because that's the default condition is failure. What's it take to actually continue and sustain and build something worth having? That's where the interesting topics are. Because it doesn't take any creativity at all to, to tear something down or blow it up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Hero work required. Yeah, you can just leave it alone. It'll, it'll crumble. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Do nothing. Like, That's how I'm going to destroy every. Right? Just decide, I'm going to stay in bed for a month and not talk to anybody. Okay, you've just ruined most of your life. Yeah. Relationships, finances, health. Like, yeah. what you got to do is nothing. <laughs> That's a yeah. great point. Key word here is entropy, right? If you, uh, you just leave it alone, guess what's going to happen, right? And that is the default state, entropy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you got to fight against it. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah, and uh, you know, and that's why I think uh, you know, to anybody who is out there suffering, dealing with pain, uh, you know, there's there's really only two for me, only two ways in my perspective that I'm in right now. It's two ways to heal, right? Either you let the pain kind of just dull out over time and develop into some kind of scar, and the way I see it is you're just going to be a less beautiful person if you do that. Because yeah. just like a scar, it's just going to be a mark on you and you're just never going to recover from it. Mentally, emotionally, and I would even argue physically, you can see people who's the weight of the pain that they've, what they've been through has just beat them up and you can see it on them. You can see it in their eyes. Mm-hmm. 
And for me, um, I, I, I told my wife, I said, you know, thank goodness that I know that I know my God. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would I do in this situation if I didn't know my God? And to me, that is the only way to heal for me. Um, that's the only option that I see because I'm not just going to let myself scar, you know, build scar tissue and be, uh, you know, a, a rougher, tougher person. No, that's not what, who I want to be. I want to be an improvement of what I was, right? And and I can see that in myself. Like ever since I reconnected with God, I started to see people differently. I started to speak differently. I started to let things into my mind differently. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, watch stupid movies. I don't watch, I don't listen to dumb music. You know, I do, you know, I, I let only good things into my mind. And, you know, so I've, I've, <laughs> the first thing I asked, you know, when Jim, you, you reached out to me, he's like, anything you can do for me? I was like, Jim, can you buy me a Bible? I don't even have one right now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> just buy, that's a gift you can give me. You know, give me a Bible. Yeah. I read like nonstop every day. That's beautiful. It was a, it, it's a good study Bible, if I recall correctly, we got you. So I'm glad, I'm glad that you're, you're enjoying it, dude. That's no, awesome. I, I love it. And, and, uh, and it's funny, I've read, the, I've read the Bible cover to cover probably twice in my life. And it meant nothing to me. It's just like, it's just like, okay, you know, cool. I, I know what Jesus is about and the Old Testament and what happened there. It was kind of like reading a novel. And then as you're older and you're in harder times and you read the, through the Bible and you're like, our words just pop out. Like all kinds of words of wisdom and comfort and love. It just pops out at you. Like to the point where sometimes I'm just staring at a verse, reading it over and over. And it's just like okay, like, oh, wow, you know? <laughs> yeah, Medi- meditating. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, just as, as, as simple, you know, I do that with Proverbs. I've been through the book of Proverbs without exaggeration, probably hundreds of times, mm-hmm. just cover to cover for start to finish. Yeah. And every single time I'm like, no way, that's, I haven't noticed. How did I not notice that before? Mm-hmm. Every single time it's like, it speaks to right where you're at right now today, which is a new place that you've never experienced before. And hey, you're right. As you get older, there's the, there's the deeper appreciation for, I think just well, how many I, different ways things can go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think it has to, it's, it's a spiritual thing too. Like when you honestly seek out to God and speaks to you through his word. Right. And, and like when you don't, you're just reading random words right? and those, those types of things. So, you know, like my, Kind of like to sum it up, my my word of encouragement for those who are are kind of suffering like I am is to just keep moving forward. And uh, my my you would be surprised what uh, the the my favorite part and my my favorite section that I read through the Bible. Uh, you would think that uh, I would be attached to things like um, you know John fourteen, where you know talks about uh, you know my my my. Father's house has you know my uh, many mansions. In my father's house there are many rooms. Yeah. Many yeah, mansions. Many rooms. Yeah. You think I would be attached to those things, right? right. But actually, that's where your son is now. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, and that's one of the first chapters that stuck out at me. But as I as I kept reading and kept growing through it, the one <laughs> you'd be surprised that that kind of helped me the most through this is it it's way back in genesis right um it's when uh sodom and gomorrah was about to be destroyed by god right and the first time i read that i was like okay that's just a uh, you know a history event right but as i read it this really stuck out and i think i hope that this would help others as well because it helped me immensely 
where basically the angels told Lot, take you, you know, take your family, run, right? He says, he basically- and don't look back. Yeah, he says, run, flee for your lives, lives, don't look back and don't stop anywhere, right? And for me, I was like, I was just reading it and it just stopped me dead in my tracks at that, that verse. And I said, okay, don't look back. And I thought about how many times have I tormented myself from thinking about the exact moments of my son's passing, of him being in my arms and, and just passing. And that tormented me for weeks on end. I just like, every time I thought about it, I, I, I just like, I'm going to bed. I don't want to do anything. And when I think of it, every time I let those intrusive thoughts come in, I just think about that verse. I said, you know what? God says, keep going. Don't look back. Trust me. And just don't stop anymore. Just keep going, right? Yeah. And that, I'm telling you, has been instrumental in kind of killing any kind of like automatic negative thoughts in my mind. Um, every time I'm about to have an intrusive thought, I think about that verse and it just, just go on. It's a proof. Like, okay, I'll, I'll just listen to what God told me. Keep moving. Yeah, and, and, and still one of my favorite words uh, in this applies in all areas of my life, in business, relationships, spiritual walk is the word remember. Very significant word. We don't remember the negative in an, the context we experienced it, however. We remember how God delivered us from that thing. Mm -hmm. That's the reason, you know, they would be able to build memorials. You know, they'd stack up stones. This is where things went really bad, mm -hmm. but God stepped in. And we remember the incident through that lens of how God provided. So it's not so much, and, and, and that allows us to continue forward. It's not that we, you know, forget those things. There's no way to completely block out those memories, but you can remember them from the context of the lens of how God provided anyway, how God sustained us and renewed. Like, look where we are now. Mm -hmm. You can't appreciate where you are now unless you look back. This is one of the reasons we tell business builders to keep a journal mm -hmm. because every mountain you're climbing right now You'll look back and it'll be a molehill in the rear view mirror soon enough. And the lesson is the mountain I'm climbing now is going to be a molehill soon too. <laughs> Don't get intimidated by the giant you're facing today because that'll be a page in your journal a few years from now and you'll laugh at how worked up you got Yeah, because God sustained you once again. So it's that pattern of remembering how God helped us overcome. It's not so much about forgetting, not looking back. It's this matter of remembering. Mm -hmm. God is faithful, and that's how we got through it. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And, um, you know, for me, it's just, I only, that's kind of like my secret weapon. I only use that verse whenever intrusive thoughts get into my head. Like I mm -hmm. start thinking about those kind of PTSD moments, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I know for a lot of people that they don't know how to deal with those type of things. They just let it kind of ruminate and fester and, and just grow into a bigger problem. Yeah. And for me, that has been, you know, you know, it's like Jesus walking through the, the desert being tempted by Satan, right? He's just like, it's just popping out, you know, scripture, right? Just get away from me, you know? And it's kind of like that thing for me. It's just like, the, I, I know that a lot of people who've gone through grief, it's almost like self-torture, you know? Like you just do it to yourself and you don't have to think about those awful moments, but you just do it, right? It's like an automatic negative yeah, thought. You begin ruminating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you have to have some mechanism to to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, and that that has been really helpful for me. That's why I really wanted to share. 
Um, um, you know, but I'm glad you, I'm so glad you did too. And, and one of the things, you know, my family has been involved in recovery and counseling type of ministries, you know, decades, decades, not me personally, but I've picked up a lot of really good stuff from my parents. You know, my dad was probably one of the best counselors I ever knew. Like you couldn't freak him out. He's <laughs> seen it before, been there, done that, navigated it himself or know someone who did just incredible. And, and, and one of the things you said, you know, about, you know, kind of looking forward, he would always say, you know, what's that next right thing I need to do? What's that next right thing? If it just, if assuming I was feeling great today, what's that one little thing I would do to get me, so you take some physical action. And one of the ways, you know, I mean, this is true in Alcoholics Anonymous or, you know, even the, the non-spiritually driven recovery programs, they know someone has made it out, or at least they're heading in the right direction out of that pit they were in. The way you know that they're, they're finally on the, on a good trajectory, it's the last step of the 12-step program in the recovery process is they become other-oriented again. The ability to focus on the needs of others is back on their radar. They're thinking like you're doing today. You know, we're only a few months in here, and already you're adjusting your uh, efforts on others. I need to I need to say these things. This is going to benefit other people. I need to teach them these business systems. I need to help them grow and have them, you know, protect the relationships that matter to them by having the flexibility of schedule. You arguably could have waited a few years and no one would have held it against you. But one of the signs that I know that you're on a good trajectory, and, uh, along with many other things you said, is the fact that you're ready to focus on others again. We've said, you know, Nathan and I have had some conversations. Are you sure you're ready, man? You, you good, King? Like, take your time, buddy. There's no rush here. And you're like, no, I'm good. This needs to happen. Yeah. I, this is the direction we're supposed to be going. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And, and through this experience, I've, I've kind of enhanced my my uh, desire to serve. Uh, you know, before, uh, again, it's just, it's just about me. <laughs> you know, it's just mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to build a system. So, uh, you know, to to handle my business. And then, you know, uh, I'll worry about it later. But then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? We're, I built this system for a year and a half. And let, let me get you kind of like a, a into why I built this system, right? Like I kind of mentioned it in the beginning of the, the podcast. It's that I like doing OA, but it was just so incredibly messy. And if you list, listen to my second podcast, I use the exact same word. It's so messy. I hated it. I hated doing OA because it's just so messy. But while doing wholesale, I said, you know, I'm missing out on a lot of opportunities here because I remember how great the margins were doing OA. And so let's fix that. Let's see how we can introduce it back in a clean way, right? So my, my goal in building the system that I'm about to tell you is that I wanted to solve the challenges that I was facing, right? So for instance, with OA, when we were uh, sourcing, like, for me, finding good quality leads was quite easy. And I think that once you know the replan system, it'll come very easy to you too. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I have to tell you about a coaching program that's been around for about 19 years. It's coached almost 10,000 e-commerce business building warriors. It's got a team of about 60 coaches who are not only great teachers with tremendous hearts who love their students, but they're all succeeding at the business strategies that you hear taught on this show. If you haven't figured it out yet, I'm talking about our coaching program. There's a link at silentgym.com. Get over there, get on our schedule, have a free consultation, zero pressure. We're going to help you 
build your business on that call. Sign up at silentgym.com, free consultation. See if our coaching program is a good fit for you, where you get to not only work one-on-one with one of our tremendous coaches, not only do you get that, you also get a reactive coach that you can contact at any point in time. That's a separate coach. You get all the training and content that we provide around here at no cost now and into the future. Tremendous list of benefits. I'm not going to go into all of them right now. Silentgym.com. Click on the coaching link, sign up for a consultation. Hey, let's get back to the program. For instance, with OA, when we were uh, sourcing, like for me, finding good quality leads was quite easy. And I think that once you know the replan system, it'll come very easy to you too. Um, Finding leads is not really the issue. It's not. You're finding so many leads that it's hard to keep up with it. And um, because the thing is, when you find a lead, the problem is it may or may not be good by the time you buy it, right? So as you know, you have to kind of work in steps, right? So you have to find the lead first, kind of leave it in your bucket of, you know, your funnel, right? And then as you go purchase it, you have to review it again, make sure that the landscape hasn't changed. The, you know, 12 sellers didn't automatically like find the same lead. And uh, we know what happens when more and more sellers jump in, you know, supply, demand, you know, we know how that graph goes, right? But so it was so time consuming to go through all of those leads, right? And it's not like a lead where you got a wholesale thing where you're going to buy 500 units. You know, it's going to be like five, 10 units here, right? So it's a lot of leads to go through. And that was one of the problems that I wanted to solve. So, you know, we created a system where once you find the lead, you can continue to track the lead. You can leave it in your system. And then, you know, with a click of a button, you can kind of refresh and get all of the new data and say, oh, you know, hey, when I found the lead, there was only three sellers. Now there's 15 sellers. I'm going to hold off on this for a second, right? Without having to do all the manual research. So we did that and built that kind of you know system where it just saves us so much time of sifting through leads. And then, you know, I wanted to solve the problem of, okay, you know, what do I do with all these receipts? I know most sellers in OA, they just leave it in their email, right? <laughs> they just leave it in their email. And then when Amazon hits them with an IP complaint, it's like, okay, let me find out what order I, you know, order number this ASIN is responsible for. And now they find out there's 15 orders that they got to look through their email, right? And we have to do that. That's why we know the pain. Of doing that. So I, I wanted a receipt management system that said, all I have to do is type in the ASIN, it pulls up all my receipts in one shot. And then the thing that I also really disliked about OA is when you, in, uh, even if you use a prep center, which I did at the time for OA, it comes in like a million boxes, right? <laughs> you don't get a pallet like you do at wholesale, right? It comes in a little box here with two items, a box here with 10 items. And checking in items was such a huge bottleneck for me that I said, okay, well, how do we solve this, right? And especially those, I'll tell you right now, you guys will be laughing once I tell you this, right? Those who do uh, shoes or clothing, but I'll just stick with shoes, right? Because I did a lot of shoes at the time. When you get a shoe and you're trying to look for this like Nike Renew shoe that says it on the box, right? And you're looking for the shoe and it's like, which one of this is on my buy list? Uh, so, so I can track down the correct ASIN, right? You know, the 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 listing would say Nike Men's Gymnastic 9.5. You know, how are you supposed to find that shoe? Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's 
And so we wanted to develop a system that can get you to find that shoe quickly. And by doing, by developing these systems, I was, you know, I'm able to run this business with very, like a very low overhead, you know, my warehouse. Team. Yeah, my team, my warehouse team is one permanent employee and one part-time. That's it. For a $3 million OA replens business running at nice margins, mm-hmm. a couple employees. Yeah, a couple employees. space needed, stuff comes in and goes out fast. All because of the software. And I want to point out now, some people may not know your story. We'll put links in the show notes to the other two episodes where you kind of talked through your history. But in in your previous career, before you were able to be home with your family, you were working, you know, way too many hours a week traveling and, and running this business that was running you into the ground. But it was a significant sized business. And you developed software that pretty much automated the entire place. And well, correct me if I'm wrong, was it was that dozens or hundreds of employees kind of scenario? I mean, how big was uh, that? We at, at our, our peak, we had 134 employees. Yeah, so dozens and dozens, well over 100 people. And they were all relying on this system that you built because you've got a software engineering kind of brain. And, and something I love about the way your mind works, King, is you can take these complex processes and you've you've stated it in such a way that you haven't given it enough credit. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. This system you've built, some of the things, some of the bullet points you've just thrown at us so far, I mean, I, there's people running businesses that are, you know, a quarter or, you know, even a, maybe even a, you know, maybe an eighth the size of yours. They require a staff of three, four, five people mm-hmm. because they're spending all their time checking in stuff. Which well, Jason, was this again? Okay, wait, where's that receipt again? Oh, Okay, you know, where do we store this stuff on the shelf? Because it's going to be here a while because we're not going to give this stuff out the door for a while because it takes us forever to create a shipment, Mm -hmm. right? You've simplified this down to where you've got like one and a half people running a $3 million business and you're taking two weeks in Europe and not even looking at your numbers. Like, that's pretty amazing. And, you know, another observation from my vantage point, we've been doing this for several years now, teaching replans, a lot of people making a lot of money building beautiful businesses, but the systems haven't matured with the opportunity. And that's what I get excited about. The opportunity is out ahead of the software and systems needed to support it with the smooth functionality, with ease of, you know, we can get a new person in, teach them the basics. So this is going to be a game changer. I'm almost a little jealous of the people that come in like six months from now. Like, oh yeah, here's the software you need. Oh, cool. Hey, this works great. <laughs> They're not going to ever know the pain of, <laughs> wait a second, I need 15 spreadsheets to do it. Like, how do I know when it's time to go back and look at an old ace and that, that stopped working? Like, should I put it on my calendar? Should I? No, the software is going to alert you when things are good again. You just refresh all your ASINs. Hey, here's the ones worth looking at again from your catalog, right? From the stuff that you sold the past, how many ever years or months. Here's the ones worth going back and take a peek at. And it's just boom, instant. Yeah, uh, but I, our jaws dropped when we started seeing your demos of this, Nathan and I, and uh, the leaders who have taken a peek at it so far are, are really yeah. excited as well. And, and I already mentioned it in the introduction, but I want to mention for people who are interested in seeing and getting on the list for this software and the training, go to silentgym.com slash the system. That's what we're calling it for now until we get this thing popped out to the public. And get, you want to get on the early notification list because we're going to take our time and really do this right with the first wave of students. We're doing that right now. We're testing it with leaders and other people who are close to you. We're rolling it out slowly. But once we're like, hey, this is ready for big time, we're going to take a wave of students through and and get them set up on this system. So yeah, I just wanted to throw that little mini commercial out there, silentgym.com slash the system, all one word, 
get on the notification list there and we'll let you know as soon as this is ready. Get you a good deal, good discount to jump in. Of course, we're going to take care of our proven Amazon course and coaching students first as well uh, with access to this and a discount. But all right, man, let's keep it going. You're starting to break down some of the features, some of how it's impacted your business. Yeah. Uh, let's keep going through the list. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing that um, you know that uh, we we ultimately saw, right? The the, the receipts they're nice, yeah. The the you know tracking leads and stuff that's nice, but the the thing that we ultimately saw was the concern that hey, we're leaving a lot of money on the table. Like why why are we not doing OA? You know, the wholesale's fine. You know, it's it's great. It is what it is, right? But these OA, I mean, some of them, I mean, you guys have experienced it. I mean, a lot of these OA leads are, you know, you're making like, you know, ridiculous margins that you'll never find doing wholesale, right? And when we did that, uh, and we, we kind of basically solved this problem, and, you know, it's like, uh, you guys would know, like, when you've done OA a lot, you have a lot, a lot of ASINs. Like, you just build up an arsenal of ASINs. Like, right now, I have over 6,000 ASINs just over the last three years that I've done it. And I've deleted a lot <laughs> already. Um, you know, uh, I have over 6,000 ASINs. How do you go back and re-scrub through 6,000 ASINs? I mean, you, I mean, literally, I don't even need anybody to, to find me any more leads for a long time. I can just go through my ASINs. Yep. And, just and recheck the old ones. How often do you do yeah. it? Once a day, once a week? You don't, you couldn't build a team in a profitable way to scrub through that many ASINs every single day. And that's what we solved with this, is that the system itself goes through and tells you when, based off of your criteria, when it's it's the right time to look at this ASIN again. And I'll give you an example. You know, I'd like to say no ASIN is a dead ASIN. When it tanks, and it will, it's still a great ASIN. Keep your eye on it, right? What... It, it happens like time and time again. You'll see it like clockwork. You'll see 50 sellers jump on. They all go into the bloodbath. Nobody makes any yep. money. And, then, and then they all drop off like flies. And then guess what happens? The, the price starts to recover. It goes back to where it was. And that is the thing that we miss out as sellers is that we don't get on the right opportunity. We don't find the right time because we have so many ASINs that it's impossible to scrub through that when you have a system like this and, and it's just dramatically in, improved our margins by a lot because what what it does for you is that you can go in now and say tell me all of my asins that are good to buy right now the sellers are dropping off the price is recovering you know you can kind of play with it however you want it's kind of like in your hands right in your control you can kind of tweak and fine-tune the filters however you want but what it does for us is every day we're able to go in and says, okay, is this ASIN still a good buy right now um, that we have in stock? And then to replenish, right? Because that's the whole point of the replenish system so that you can replenish. But what about the leads that I either didn't buy or I bought a long time ago that tanked? What are, what are their conditions right now? And by just a few clicks, you know, it gives you literally like every day I have hundreds like that. My per my purchasing uh, team that goes through and says, oh, this is still good. They, they, once they know that the market conditions are good, the only thing you really need to validate is can I still buy it? And is, the, is this still the same price? Right? That's it. That's all you got to do. And, and I have literally like just VAs just sitting there every day, just going through my old ASINs and just buying like replenishable items. 
Because the system has green-lighted them as as mm -hmm. being worth taking a look at. Like you said, can we still buy it? If so, is the price still the same? If the price has changed, you plug in the new price, is it still worth it? Yes mm -hmm. or no? Let's go. Green lights all the way. Time to order another few units of this thing. So if you can if you can imagine the process here, right? Like I have a team of VAs that are finding me new ASINs every single day, right? So they're just kind of filling up the funnel more and more. And then I have another set of VAs that are just going through and buying all ASINs. So it just keeps piling on. Like it literally, sometimes I'm just like, okay, uh, guys, I'm, I'm starting to run out of money here. Can you slow down a little bit? Like, you know, like, there's just too many to buy at great margins because you're kind of like almost timing the market almost because you're, you're waiting for the sellers that are, uh, you know, buying it because off, you know, off of a lead list or something. And then there's a million sellers jump on. They all, none of them make money. They liquidate at horrendous prices. Right. right? And then they're scared. They're like, which makes that, that ASIN rise in popularity. Yeah. Because it, Amazon notices when a whole bunch of sellers jump on something and then the price starts dropping, they reward that ASIN with extra attention and eyeballs. Mm -hmm. But then the crowd of sellers is gone. So now you've got this beautiful ASIN sitting there with a lot of public attention from shoppers and very few, if any, sellers interested in selling it anymore because, oh no, the price tanked and they all ran away scared, mm -hmm. which is the way a lot of very inexperienced sellers or people who aren't paying attention to their numbers play the game. Mm -hmm. They run where the crowd is. And they run in with the crowd of sellers, which is yeah. also a crowd of buyers. But pretty soon, the crowd of sellers, they all run away. All you're left with is a crowd of buyers and no one left to sell the item. And if you can identify, I mean, that, that's happening tens of thousands of times all day, every day on different ASINs. You know, there's a billion ASINs on Amazon.com. Mm -hmm. A billion. That's great. There's four billion globally. There's a billion in the U.S. With these changes happening constantly. So once you learn it, I love how you said kind of time the market. It's not that hard to do. You're not guessing anywhere. You're making very educated, calculated investments in inventory. Again, where worst case scenario is kind of a break even. Best case is, hey, let's go in and get some money while it's good. Other sellers come in. All right, we're out again. Have fun beating each other up, guys. Right. That opportunity is there. So that, yeah, I think this software is really going to 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 accelerate the businesses of a lot of sellers in our community, um, especially those who have an appreciation for exactly what it is that we're giving them here. I think they're going to get pretty excited hearing this episode today. Yeah. And and that's what I, exactly what I've done. I have literally not even added wholesale accounts in the last year or so. I just kind of let the OA run itself and, and it's been growing without any effort for me. And uh, I can't imagine how if I were to really tell my team, I right, blow this thing up, here's here, here's your budget to, to buy as much as you want. I don't even know what my number would be, but, you know, I kind of keep that in check, right? Nevertheless, you know, I've shared personally, I've never uh, like let anybody use the system outside of myself, but I've, you know, a lot of people always ask me like, what's, what, what are you using? What software are you using? Uh, I'm using this software combined with this software combined with this. And then it's just like, uh, and really my default answer is, I use my own. I don't use anybody's software. And I use it to source, to buy, to keep track of receipts, to to check in products. I don't use anybody's software outside of like let's say scan power, which is just just doing uh, you know printing stickers for me. And yeah. And you and you you're referencing Keepa data, obviously. Yeah. To, yeah. To, you know, to, you've you've got an API feed from them, which is part of the constraint of the price of this. You know, because one of the questions people might ask is, well, hey, let's just load all billion 
ASINs into this software to see which ones are like, oh, that's expensive, right? Because Keep is going to charge you for all those data hits. So that's one of the constraints you kind of have is, you know, how much money is Keep going to charge? And it's not a lot. I, you know, it's not like it's restrictive in any way, but that's is why we will have to charge for this software because we are pulling from Keepa's API from their data feed. And for those who don't know why we're talking about Keepa, go listen to podcast episode 369. Anyone in our community who's had any level of success is using the data that Keepa scrapes from Amazon that's not available anywhere else except inside of Keepa. Unless someone's bought the API, then they're pulling that data into their own database, which is what you've done here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that's where the price goes up. If we've got, you know, a user who's operating with, say, six or $10,000, six or 10,000 ASINs, that's going to be pricier to monitor than a new seller who's coming in with, hey, I'm just looking for my first five or 10 here. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Much different price structure for you. Let's grow into this thing. But like, I love what you said. We call it the Frankenstein system. And, and you know, a lot of teams already out there, a lot of sellers already out there have their system that works great. And it might be a little harder for them to transition away from that than it is someone who's brand new. But I think we're going to make a nice clean path for both sides of the aisle, experienced and brand new sellers eventually to, to kind of drift into this. And, and let this be the system that makes the, the decision-making uh, so much easier for this business mm-hmm. to the yeah, point where think, uh, a, a one, team can run it. I think once they see the benefits of um, you know switching away from their spreadsheets, because the problem with the spreadsheet is once you write that data in, it's static. You, you don't get any more live updates of that data, right? You right. don't get any more Keepa updates. You don't get anything. So once they, you know, the, even an experienced seller, in my opinion, once they try out the system and see all of the loss opportunities that they are not, you know, they're they're doing to their business, right? By just having massive amounts of ASINs on a spreadsheet that you have to manually go in and scrub, not only is it time consuming, that's costing you money. How many people are you gonna have to employ to do that? Right. Whereas you can have a system that is just monitoring it for you. Right. And a few clicks, and then you're 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 off running, and you're doing the important parts. This is validating uh, purchases. That's really what you're doing. Yeah, and, and someone else could be doing that as well. Just like, yep, these all look good to me. Check the box, buy them. Yeah. Right? How much money do we have to spend? You know, how much money can we put into a system? We put a dollar in, and we get two dollars out. How many dollars do you want to put into it? You've kind of reduced it. Which, which you know, a big picture observation about what's been built here by UKing is. Now we can start to see and imagine, and I, let me just predict two years from now what's going to be happening in the industry as a result of the software. You can start to predict and imagine people selling their replens businesses to another party, mm-hmm. right? Because what you're buying is that block of ASINs and the system that's monitoring them and constantly purchasing the ones that are worth purchasing. If there's plenty of people right now, if you put your business up for sale, would be interested buyers because we're not talking about flying around town in the car, scanning barcodes anymore, mm-hmm. right? We're not talking about, hey, get in on the seasonal deals and get out while you, you know, get in, sell as much as you can. Don't buy too many of the seasonal deals. No, this is boring, everyday, systemized, turnkey type of thing. This is where the industry is maturing to. And those who get in on this are going to experience the opportunity, I believe, to sell their business, to get an offer. An aggregator of some kind might come in and say, all right, Kang, I want to buy your business. I want to buy Jim's business. I want to buy this guy, that guy, and that guy. And we're going to get $10 million and we're going to buy all these businesses. And you guys can can have an exit. Because to date, replen sellers haven't had the opportunity to have an exit for because the most part. <laughs> because doing OA is really messy. 
And, uh, and it's messy. But if you can turn a messy system into a, a, a pure, clean running system where the yeah. owner doesn't have to be the one that's in there every day making hard decisions and looking at, you know, lists of spreadsheets and, and making, you know, tough calls. I, I mean, that's just my theory. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think that's where we're heading. Oh, I think you're right. And and that's what I've, I've done. It's like, I don't get into the day-to-day, you know, weeds of, of the business. What I do is I, I work on other things. I work on the software. It's been kind of my passion project for, for the last year and a half. And I'm looking to do other things, you know, like um, there's a lot of opportunities that, I'm, you know, you know, we've not discussed, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm looking forward to the educational aspect of this, right? I'm planning on, you know, working with you guys on not only just providing some kind of software, but, you know, education on how to actually, you know, replicate what I did, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we haven't really buttoned anything, you know, putting anything down, but, you know, I can see, definitely see a, a, a pathway to, to doing that because I think, you know, software is great, but really it's just how do we build this business, right? The right. proper way. Of course. And, and, you know, I'm excited that we've already got an army of people who have kind of Frankensteined together systems that are working very profitably, changing lives. Mm-hmm. And some, you know, we have multiple seven-figure sellers in our community who are doing this stuff all day, every day. And they've kind of built these systems together, pieced them together. Here's a solution that starts to take some of those other software requirements off the table. And I think there's still going to be people who are very loyal to the systems that they've built, and that's going to be great. And keep doing what you're doing. And we're not telling anybody to put the brakes on anything and just put all your chips on this table. But I think the transition period over the next few years of people who start to simplify and systemize uh, again, the website, silentgym.com slash the system. I think a lot of people are going to take advantage of that. And the new people coming in suddenly have uh, a lot of advantage in that they're not going to have to unwind any of the bad habits. <laughs> they're going to get going from day one. And I love that you're going to be involved in the education pieces too, because this isn't just a matter of, hey, I'm going to hit a few buttons and uh, you guys will do it for me, right? No, there's a mindset required here. There's a leadership journey involved in owning any business. None of that changes. You're going to need to learn the basics. You're going to need to learn to recognize what a good test-worthy ASIN is and what it isn't because you're not just going to go find some VAs who are just going to make all the decisions for you. You've trained these people how to make good decisions. That's part of the process. Yeah. But once you've got those things in place, mm. this is a replicatable system that's been built. Yeah. And the system is really just a support for the original, really the re- original, I would call gold mine course. It's the replants course, right? Mm-hmm. And it's that course that kind of like started this whole thing for me. And it's that course that I built the software around. It's not this software is replacing any knowledge. It's really built to support the knowledge that you're getting from the replants course that's in, in PAC. That is crucial. You have to have that knowledge. The system's not going to do anything for you if you don't have that knowledge. So, you know, that that's, you know, very important. You know, it's, it's a lot of people think this business is just easy. No, it's not. No, I mean, there's yeah, no I, took, I took a trip to Europe because I've learned, I've, I've like sweat and bled, you know, like uh, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, uh, and now I've built a, not only a software system, but a team that is running the system for me. Right. So that I could, you know, when when uh, I, I ran into hard times, I could take off for a few weeks without anything happening. And then when I wanted to, you know, take the family out or for a vacation, I could do that without having to. You know, I, I literally I, I, I did not check my phone. <laughs> I was there for two weeks. I came back. Yeah. I said, OK, 
is it going to be a disaster? Here's the moment of truth, yeah. right? I open up my phone, like, oh, fantastic. Just like every day. Everything's um, good. Yeah. So, so that that's a real test to like a strength of a business, right? Like you need to be like, I know people who make literally a lot of money doing it all by themselves in a garage. Like their sales are like incredible. It's just impressive, right? You're like, wow. But if a bus hits you, bye-bye business, right? It's gone. So at the same time, I, I admire those folks who are building such an incredible business by themselves. It's not stable. And I don't think I recommend it. So yeah, eventually, you know, it, it's the it's the premise of that book, E-Myth by Michael Gerber. You know, you want to move from being a, a technician and someone who's actively involved in doing the day-to-day duties of your business. The example he uses is just because I can make good pies doesn't mean I'm capable of being the business owner of a pie shop or a bakery that, you know, or own business owner or starting a franchise model for, for pie making business. Like that's a different skill set. You you need the, the basic pie making skills. You need the basic replen skills. But if you stay the guy making the pies all day, every day, as fast as you can and sell them to as many customers as you can, if you stay in that mindset, the person working in the business every day, instead of working on your business and the model, you can still live a beautiful life. And I know many people who do, and they enjoy the flexibility and building the business with their family. But it's a it's a little step that you make at some point where you say, okay, am I the only person that could be doing what I'm doing right now? Let's build a system instead. And I can turn this over to somebody else someday. I could, I could have an exit, you know, get a nice check from somebody. Maybe I'm the consultant who's on call for, for a few years, maybe. It, and that's my commitment to the process. And someone else now owns this system that's been built. And for so long, RA and OA, these, you know, retail and online arbitrage have kind of had the reputation of like, ah, you don't really have a sellable asset there. You need to get into private label or you need to get into some of these other opportunities to have, truly have a sellable asset. And I'm excited that that narrative is about to change, I think, in a dramatic way in the next year or two. Something else I love about this we haven't talked about, Kang, is your heart. And um, I, I know this, you know, I've done a fair amount of developing in the past software development there's kind of two schools of thought. One is, this is my system. This is how I like it. I built it this way. Take it, you know, take it or leave it, like it or hate it. I don't care. This is what I built. That's not a feat. That's not a bug. That's a feature, man. And like, hey, just have fun. That's not your approach at all. You're saying, hey, I want more people using this. No. That we can improve this thing so we yeah. can make it even better for those of us. Like, let's do this as a community, right? Yeah. So the, the core has been I'm built and it works, but yeah, plenty of cool things we can do. Yeah, that's what I'm excited about the most is that once we get this out to the community, um, you know, I want an active forum where we're talking about what we can do. Like, you know, like even small things, like look at this whole generic issue that we're dealing with, right? It's a small thing. Hey, can you just alert me when there's a generic uh, listing that comes up? I mean, I'm, I see other people like coming up with uh, solutions like this, but we we could be, you know, the community that builds the software together and just progress it, you know, along and, and come up with features that like, I know there's so many bright ideas out there for people who are currently doing sourcing. And it's like, I wish that I had this thing. Well, let's build that thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, that's mm -hmm. kind of like my, always been my passion, you know, more than really building uh, businesses is building the software that supports that business and building something that no one else has. I I love that challenge. And yeah, to be able to work with a group this large that potentially could feed in ideas 
man, that just gets me super excited. So yeah, it, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be phenomenal, man. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm not concerned about the speed. Appreciate the trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. Since we started talking about this a long time ago, there's been no big pressure. Like let's get it out, let's get it out, let's get it. like no, let's do this right. Let's take our time. Let's get a few mm-hmm. people in because the trajectory that I see. And if I'm if I'm able to prognosticate for a moment and predict the future, I think we're going to have a whole bunch of people using this system. It's kind of like the default. We're going people are going to wonder like, what was it like before that was even around? Like, how did you guys do this? Like, you use spreadsheets? What really? And so that'll be ancient past. And the conversations will be, hey, yeah, I just uh, I'm launching my new Amazon account because I just did an exit. On my old one, built it up to you know two hundred thousand dollars a month, and someone came along and, and bought it up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start over again over here, and you know find a non compete, and that's theirs now. And I did my exit. I took a few months off, and now I'm gonna you know go into consulting or whatever, right? So it just opens up so many doors of opportunity when you can build a system. So I, I love that's kind of what we're in house. That's the name you and I came up for for this right before we got on the podcast. Like we gotta call this something so everyone knows what we're talking about. Let's call it the system, <laughs> right? Yeah. Silentgym.com/slash the system. Get on the waiting list so you can get more details. It's not gonna be super expensive. I, I think maybe some people are like, oh, here we comes. Here comes the big old price tag. No, you need to understand replans. You might want to go through coaching if you haven't done that, or you need to get into the proven Amazon course to understand the basics. But after that, we're not talking about a super pricey system. It's certainly going to be cheaper than most people's Frankenstein systems that they've built. $20 a month here, $80 a month there, you know, stacking all these software pieces together. It's going to be cheaper than that for sure. We don't have the pricing nailed down quite yet, but it's not going to be price prohibitive for the vast majority of students in our community who, who recognize and understand what it is they're getting in return, especially. Oh, super excited for it, man. Well, what else do you want to cover? This has been a, a bit of a marathon episode, but I think it's going to be a very popular episode for a couple of reasons, man. Just the amount of transparency and hope that you came through with in the opening part. I wasn't sure how deep you were going to go there. And yeah, and you really, you really challenged yourself and the listeners today. I think you spoke from the heart. I appreciate that. And then we dove into the software. So it's like almost like two separate episodes, but they blend together so beautifully. I, uh, I, it, it's truly an honor to do this with you, Kang. I mean, I've done almost 800 episodes. This one's going to stand out as a, one of the best ever, man. If not, Eventually, when we look back over our shoulders, maybe the most impactful one for this community once it's all said and done, both from a spiritual and a business opportunity standpoint. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I'm pretty much done. I I just want to wrap it up and say, you know, really out of everything that's happened to me recently, I have really two passions now, two passions in life. One is to serve this community because this is where I would I would say this is my home. This is where I grew up in e-commerce and I would love to serve this community in any way I can. And my second one, a little off topic, but I kind of like hinted is really to bring people closer to the Lord. You know, if I can I told my wife that if I can help one person meet Jesus, I'll tell my story every single day. I'll tell it every day. And, uh, you know, so those are my two passions in life. And, uh, you know, so I look forward to serving this community in any way I can. Uh, you know, I hope to do it well and really be, um, you know, a person that would, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want a name for myself. You know, I just want to, to help and, um, and uh, whatever I could do, whatever, you know, positive things I can bring forth to me that is doing good. And, 
at the end, I'm really just doing good for 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 my God, right? For Jesus and um, stewardship, yeah. man. Yeah, stewardship. Doing so. It's um, it's probably my favorite parable in the New Testament is when you know the, the parable of a, a stewardship, and it's the only place in the Bible too where we read the words "Well done, good and faithful servant." Mm-hmm. God gives you something. He gives us all of us something. Some of us get a little more than others, but what we're commanded and called to expand that territory by serving others well and then return it to the master upon request. None of it's ours ever, right? Well, what a I mean, beautiful commission. Enjoying the benefits about, along the way. Yeah, Jesus said about his mouth, right? Uh, give to Caesars what is Caesars, give to God what is God's, right? What, is, what doesn't belong to God? It's <laughs> all of his, man. It's all his. What, a, what an honor it's going to be to, to work with you in an increased role in leadership. And, and, and you guys are on a healing journey still. Let's not pretend that you don't have some rough days ahead of you. Let's not pretend that Kang might not need a week here and there to just kind of be with his family. Uh, but as you're on that healing journey and as you're stepping into this new role of leadership and kind of caring as a leader for this community, I'm really looking forward to the journey. I've yeah. learned... You know, you and I have had some pretty in-depth text exchanges and phone calls. And I got to say, man, it, whatever you say you've learned from me or benefited, I've learned at least that much, if not a whole lot more from you. This, I love your heart and excited to hang with you guys in Orlando. You're going to be there at the Proven Conference, right? I imagine this is going to be a popular topic and um, we'll, we'll need you guys there for that. You planning to attend, right? We hadn't locked that down yet. Yeah, you know, unless, unless Jesus, the uh, second coming comes, I'll be there. You know? Okay, there we go, man. <laughs> Lord willing, unless something weird happens in the world. Yeah, Orlando, the Proven Conference, it's going to be tremendous. Uh, if nothing else, after hearing this episode today, you need to get over to theprovenconference.com if you're listening and and lock in and attend with us and come see Kane and his family and just love on them. And so many great leaders on our team have already committed and going to be presenting on some just cutting edge topics, man. Well, th- that's a lot. There's more we could say. We could feature dump on people at this point, but let's just get them over to silentgym.com slash the system, see a little bit more about it. We'll have a, more of a launch date uh, posted on that site. As we get into 2024, we'll, you'll start hearing more uh, uh, rumors of what's coming and we'll, we'll keep you up to date. Just get on the notification list there, but great job, King. Pleasure hanging out with you today, brother. Damn. Appreciate you, man. All right, for the listeners who hung out with King and I today, this was a longer episode, but man, I think you're going to agree with me that this is a powerful one. This is one to put a little asterisk next to in the catalog. Uh, Look back on it in a few years from now and see where we're at, see if my predictions were true. I think this is going to be big, and I'd love to have you be a part of it. Hey, if if this is one of the first episodes you've heard around here, I just want to let you know as a listener, you should go back and listen to another 10, 20, 30 episodes where we've interviewed the successful students from this community who have built beautiful businesses and in many cases gone on to be leaders on our team. They create content, become coaches. I brought in a new coach just yesterday who's going to be on the podcast here in a few days. The stuff we teach works. Leaders produce leaders and those leaders produce even more leaders. And we're seeing that ripple effect after doing this the right way for a long period of time. And if you want to be a part of experiencing that journey, check out some of the podcast episodes, get into our free Facebook group. There's links to all that at silentgym.com. We'd love to welcome you into the community if this resonates with you. And we will have another great episode for you again very soon. God bless. Till then. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.